0: Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, the 22nd of June, and Wall Street on Friday was down 200 points. I think at one point it was down 600. And the futures this morning were down 68. We opened down 62. But as we trade, the U.S. futures have rallied 200-odd points, and our market is now down 8, and looks like it might go into positive territory. One sector that's not going anywhere at the moment is the travel sector. We've got Flight Center down 5%, Webjet down 4%. It seems the recovery trade is over and the buying at the moment is rather more conservative. You've got things like CSL turning up on the charts and notably the gold sector flying along today. We've got some stocks up over 8%. To the strategy stuff, we are still in cash in our SMAs. We are not in cash, notably in the Markets Today newsletter portfolios. You'll have to read Chris and Henry for that, but we are in our SMAs. And very happy to be in cash against the backdrop of the headlines about pandemic resurgence. The number of cases in the US has lifted. And that is now visible on the usual case numbers chart in the strategy piece today. That the US has ceased to flatline and case numbers are increasing again. As they are in Brazil, India, Saudi Arabia, Germany. China seems to have got on top of that recent pop in numbers they had and of course we have australia with rising numbers as well that's quite apparent on the chart and for those of you that don't live in victoria you might be aware that we have led the world in going backwards on restrictions we have tightened restrictions which is probably the first country in the world to do that it looks like we are leading the world although it seems the u.s market doesn't seem to worry about victoria at this point in time maybe one day we have discussed this morning in the strategy piece, what if case numbers don't matter? We're watching case numbers, but we're beginning to realise that some countries may put the economy before health, particularly the US. And that is, that is possible, in which case maybe the markets aren't going to worry about rising case numbers. Because assumptions are the mother of all cock-ups, and we are assuming that case numbers matter. We're just holding out or discussing in our morning meetings the possibility that the markets just don't worry about rising case numbers. Anyway, for the moment, we're happy to see the market coming off because of our cash position on the back of worries about case numbers. But let's just keep an open mind that we could be wrong with that assumption. Otherwise, I do have some money printing cynicism, which I've been expressing in the weekend email. We are privately cynical about the Fed and government's money printing bouncing the markets in March and now holding up confidence pretty much on its own. I saw Jonathan Payne's email this morning. He is a bit of a perma-bear, especially on money printing. And there are all sorts of arguments to suggest that at some point the central banks will have to pay a price or the world will have to pay a price for the central bank money printing. And he talks about the monetary and fiscal shock and awe which saved the market in March and has now put some froth back onto the US market. And he says who, with a straight face, can tell you that US valuations are not expensive and also says, which I think is the sensible comment, can they get more expensive? Well, of course they can. The market is prone to lose its head occasionally. Anyway, it's all the sort of stuff which reinforces the idea that we just need to stand back from the market at the moment and watch what happens rather than be in the boat on the stormy seas hoping the weather clears up. We're quite happy to watch the storm from the radar. Meanwhile, this weekend, the Trump train hit the buffers a little bit. That election rally looks like a bit of a flop. And you do wonder if that was a, an event-specific cock-up. There was talk about protesters booking out seats and not turning up. Or whether it is a reflection of Trump's electoral chances Uh, The market does like Trump. If Biden gets ahead, the market probably won't like it. He is a pro-business, pro-growth president. And any president who sees the S&P 500 as a barometer of his success is working for us as investors, not against us. But also, if if Trump's tenure is doubted, if people start to imagine that he won't be president in November, then things like his trillion-dollar infrastructure proposal are just going to go nowhere. Uh, And anything he says or, or tweets of a positive nature is more likely to be ignored. Interestingly, on the betting market, not that the betting market got the last election right and certainly got it wrong with Brexit. So we don't want to put too much weight on it. but. Biden is paying $1.74 now and Trump 260. dollars Also in the newsletter today is the usual Heikin chart of the ASX 200. You will see on there the big sell signal we had a couple of weeks ago, which is what prompted us to cash up. Although last week we did see some strength in the market, which created a... Buy signal on the chart, although a big MACD and big RSI sell signal is still evident. We've drawn a couple of support and resistance lines around the recent fluctuations. And as usual, as we did back in April, we sat in the market fully invested, waiting for a break up or down. And it broke up. We are now waiting for the next trend to develop. Is it going to break up or break down? We're happy to be out waiting for that new trend to develop rather than being in waiting for it to develop we made the point last week that we do think the big low occurred in March and that we are still in a once in a decade buying opportunity but we're just trying to be cute trying to catch the good bits and avoid the bad bits we have this dream that we can achieve what we've labeled step performance which is step up Step out, step up, step out and so on and avoid all the down bits. It's a bit ambitious, I know, but it's better than sitting in the market in the long term with our fingers cross-quoting Warren Buffett in defence of any short-term losses. I'm a bit cynical about that sort of idea. Moving on, as a bit of a space filler today, I have repeated some of our standard lines about what we're doing. For instance, we could be wrong. We're open minded about that. We know we could quickly get this current step out wrong, but we are not proud or biased. Knowing we could get it wrong is half the problem solved, I think. We are hyper vigilant. That's our insurance policy reassessing every day as a team, not alone. You need some objectivity and you need constant work. Anyway, we're doing that for you. Uh, We cannot predict the future. We are reacting to an to events as they unfold, not predicting them. Predicting them is called guessing. We do not have a time frame. We do not declare ourselves as long-term investors or short-term investors. Declare yourself as a long-term investor at all times and you're going to sit dumb in the market during some terrible moments, missing some fantastic opportunities. We're going to be more active than that and are being. We are watching the herd not becoming part of it. We are trying to exploit it when it loses its head in both directions. We think the recovery rally lost its head for a moment there. So we have sold and hopefully it will lose its head again on the downside and we'll get back in. We have no view. Silly thing to say, but it's true. We are not a bull. We are not a bear. We are watching the bulls and bears and we'll go from there. Whilst we do that, we will remain unemotional. There is no loving or hating stocks or loving or hating the market. There is simply cold, unemotional assessment of the situation and a decision on best endeavors. The best we or anyone can do is narrow the probabilities in our favor using whatever tools we've got and whatever experience we've got. The point being is that there is no certainty. Lastly, we will still buy individual stocks if we think it appropriate. And we were looking at the CSL chart turning up when the rest of the market turns down, and there are a whole host of stocks that performed well when the market fell last time things like Coles, uh, Woolworths, ResMed, Telstra, A2 Milk, Fortescue, and they all fell, but they all fell over 20% when the market fell over. So we don't want to lose money more slowly, so we're not buying in. But you can see there are, we're, we're constantly looking at the charts to see whether there's something we can buy. CSL in the bigger trend is definitely in downtrend still, so we're not rushing in. Well, that's about it for today. At the bottom of the strategy piece today, I've given you links to those tables, which some of our members have come to love. The top 50, next 50, best of the rest, worst of the rest tables, which help you assess the anatomy of the rallies and the falls in the market, which sectors are performing, which show you the sort of undercurrents of the market, which is essential for stock picking. And I've also put in a link to the page we did on Saturday, which gives you sector charts for every sector, which again helps you work out the anatomy. So that's about that. The market is now flat as I speak, having recovered a 62.4 early on. Looks like we're doing a little bit better than I would like. <music>